Hey there, beauty business owners, managers, and also those of you thinking about starting your own salon, spa, or clinic. How are you doing today? I'd like to welcome you to episode 34 of the Beauty Business Podcast. Now, if this is your first time listening, then welcome along. My name is Adam Chatterley. I am your host here on the Beauty Business Podcast, and I'm on a mission to help independent business owners in the health, wellness, and beauty industry to reach their business goals through simple, practical, and focused business advice. Now, this show is all about the foundations of building an incredible, rewarding, profitable, but above all, stress-free beauty business. Because who wants a business that keeps you awake at night worrying, right? Now, today we're talking about a topic that just doesn't seem to go away. Now, strangely, it's one that I actively try to steer clear of most of the time here on the Beauty Business Podcast. And the reason for this is that for the last 20 years, I have been the spa software guy. Indeed, most people in the spa world will still mostly associate my name with technology, with systems, and especially spa management software. Now, I've spent the vast majority of my career using my business management background and my development knowledge to help spas, hotels, and large health clubs to choose the right software solutions for their business. Now, I'm extremely proud of the work that I've done in this area, and it's extremely a niche set of skills, and it's probably the one thing that I am in this world uniquely qualified for. However, one of the reasons that I created Salon Business Secrets and indeed the Beauty Business Podcast was to focus more on my business management and strategy knowledge, which is what I really enjoy doing, and to use this to help even more business owners like you. So I very much kept my articles and advice on software systems a little bit on the down low for the past couple of years, but it is still one of the most asked questions that I see on Facebook groups, on forums, on workshops and seminars. And of course, coaches and consultants get asked this all the time. So what's the question? Well, it's what is the best salon software? Now, picking the best salon software for your beauty business is a minefield. There are so many choices out there. So how on earth do you know where to even start? Well, that's exactly what this podcast is all about. But let's get something straight right from the start here. Like I said, I've been working with spas and health clubs and clinics and salons for over 20 years to help them purchase, create or modify software to get them the right product or the solution for their business at that time. And in that time, I have never, and I mean not once, come across two businesses with exactly the same set of requirements. Seriously. Now, sure, there are always some similar things that salons and spas want their software to do, but the priorities of those items and the exact way they should work for each business is always unique. So the thing I want to make clear right from the start here is that there is no one system out there that's right for all salons. There is no best software for every salon or every clinic or every spa. There is only the best software for your particular business and indeed for you. Now, for the same reason, while it's tempting to do so, it's wrong to ask other salon owners in your networks what software they use and simply base your decision on this. The requirements that your friend has or the salon down the road or even the people in your favourite salon owner's Facebook group, their requirements are not going to be the same as yours. So this is the wrong place to start. Sure, once you've got a few systems in mind 
after doing your homework and your research, then do seek feedback from people in your network who have already used those systems that you shortlisted. But this should be where you end, not where you start. So just how do you go about making the decision or even getting to that shortlist? Because it's an important decision that you need to get right first time. You know, you're busy. You're hopefully going to invest some serious time and some money into this new software system. It's supposed to save you time and money when you start to use it. That's actually the whole point of using management software. But what you really don't want to do is to start out with one piece of software only to find that it doesn't quite work for you. And then you have to shift over to new software. That is no fun at all. All. In fact, it's a complete waste of time. And I'd say it's actually harder shifting from one software system to another than it is when you first start out using software. So you want to avoid this situation at all costs. Now, fortunately for you, you're listening to this podcast, so you're off to a great start. So here we go. This is the definitive guide to choosing the right software for your beauty business. Now, OK, whenever I'm contacted by a salon or a spa or a clinic, looking to get my help to implement a software system for them, my first question is always, what is it that you are looking to improve about your business with your software? Now, this is a simple, but it's a really important question. And the amount of times I get some very kind of vague, generic answers like uh, to take bookings and send emails and maybe give me some reports. Well, if that's the case, then great, because pretty much all half-decent software can take bookings, can send emails, and can give you some reports. So finding software that will work for you won't be a problem, right? However, I never quite stop at this, and I always ask more questions, and I start to dig a little bit deeper. And when I do so, I start to get the real needs, the real wants, and the real requirements from the business owner. And it tends to be something a little bit more like this. I'll get things like, OK, well, we're getting busier now and, and we're trying to send out reminder emails manually and it's taking a lot of time. Plus, we're getting more no shows because we don't always have the time to call our clients to remind them. And then even when we do, we can't read the phone number that's written down in the appointment book by hand. And we keep making mistakes on client bills because we're adding things up ourselves. And then it's taking up loads of time working out therapist pay and commission and all these kind of things. So if you want to pick the right software for your business, this is where you need to start. You need a list of the things that you think your software might be able to help you with. Start by simply putting down all of your ideas and thoughts on paper. And remember, it's not just about bookings. Good software can help you with staff rotors, point of sale or selling products. It can be your cash register, your client record system, your accounting package, your gift voucher management system, your marketing system, your reporting system, all of which should help to grow your business. All sorts of things. So think about all your business needs and add all your ideas into the mix. Now, to help you with this step, because it's such a vital one, I've prepared a spreadsheet with some standard criteria, wants and requests that you can download for free by going to www.beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 34. Now, I don't want to put ideas in your head. OK, well, maybe I do a bit, but I find it's easiest to start with some ideas on a page and then add your ideas to them or take some away than it is to start with a completely blank sheet of paper. Just make sure that everything on there applies to your business 
and is what you want and what you're looking for. And make sure you add to the list. This is not a list that you should just start with and go out there and find. You need to add your own ideas and your own requirements to the list. The more ideas, the better. Now, next, it helps if you can give this list some sort of structure. Now, I recommend obviously using the guide that I've prepared for you or turning your requirements into a simple spreadsheet yourself and then grouping the requirements under the headings. This will make it easier for you to ask questions of potential software suppliers later and help you compare one piece of software with another. Now, even if you don't use it, do go ahead and download my guide here as it will show you exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about grouping things into sections. Now, next, we need to very simply prioritize your requirements. Now, you're never, ever going to find the perfect software that does everything you want in exactly the way that you want it to happen. Well, not unless your requirements are super simple, in which case I'd suggest you haven't tried hard enough on your list of requirements. But I call these the must-haves and the nice-to-haves. So once you've got all your requirements listed and organized into a somewhat logical grouping fashion, you now need to categorize them as must-haves and nice-to-haves. Now, this will further help you make a decision about which software you want to go ahead with. Now, if you've already put your list into a spreadsheet, then you can simply create a new column next to each item and mark it with an M for must-have or N for nice-to-have or a 1 for top priority or a 2 for secondary priority, whatever works for you. Now, the guide I've created for you already has this column in place, but you'll need to decide for your business what is an M for must-have and what is an N for your business. Now, next up, before we start contacting software companies, we need to check on your internet speeds. Now, we need to help you make a clear decision between whether you're looking at online or cloud-based salon software and offline or locally installed salon software. A key deciding factor in whether you are free to choose between these options will be your internet connection speed and stability. Now, I've talked about these two options before in episode five of the podcast, I think, but very briefly, cloud-based software is accessed through a web browser. It means you can access it on any computer, on any iPhone, on any tablet, which is fantastic and super flexible. However, if where your business is based has terrible internet speeds, then this is going to mean constant problems accessing your software, getting to your bookings, taking payments, and will quickly have you shifting back to pen and paper or simply chucking your computer out of your window. Now, you might be able to improve your internet connection speeds by installing a better line or upgrading to fiber optic. But if this isn't an option for you, and you already have the best connection possible where you are, then your only other option might be to look at an offline or locally installed solution. Now, these type of systems do not rely on any internet connection, so you won't have a problem accessing your software because it's physically installed on your computer. However, you won't have the flexibility of accessing your software from wherever you are, and you will be responsible for things like backups and maintaining your equipment and making sure it's all working. Plus, the cost is usually higher because it tends to be the case that you actually have to purchase this software outright rather than subscribing to it, which tends to be the way with the online and cloud systems. Now, if possible, cloud-based is really where you want to be aiming for these days. So a good internet connection is crucial. Now, your internet connection needs to be both fast or as fast as possible, and it also needs to be stable. In fact, it's almost more important that it's stable than it is super duper fast. So for a free, simple tool to help you check this out called Ookla, 
then you can also go to the show notes page for this episode. Now, to use an online salon or spa software solution, I recommend at least an 8 megabytes per second download speed and a 1 megabyte per second upload speed. Now, I explain what all of this means and how to work each one out on the show notes page with the free tool, but ultimately, you need to check with your potential software supplier for their recommendations and what they say that you need. Now, whatever you do when it comes to your internet speeds, do not go by what your internet service provider claims you should be getting because you almost certainly will not be getting the speeds that they say you should. Now, next, we need to decide on your budget. Now, your decision about software shouldn't solely come down to price, but price is always going to be a factor. Now, don't just go for the cheapest option and don't simply pluck a number out of the air. Remember also that there's not just the initial outlay to consider. There's going to be some ongoing costs as well. Now, some systems, particularly online solutions these days, charge a monthly fee rather than a large upfront purchase fee. Now, this can be ideal because it means you're not investing a large lump sum upfront. However, it does mean that you're going to have ongoing costs to factor in. Remember to make sure that you factor in all ongoing costs because some of these may not be obvious. I'll explain more about this and go into more detail later. Now, are there any additional ongoing costs? For example, do you need to pay additionally for support or for extra support, i.e. are there limits to the amount of times you can call the support or the help desk? How much do text messages cost? Are there annual software license renewals? Do you have to pay for training on new features? And for that matter, do you need to pay more money for new features as they come out? Are there any further costs if you add new members of staff to the system? These are all important factors that you need to consider as you potentially grow. Now, make sure that you're 100% clear on what you will be required to pay for in advance once you start using the software and then ongoing from then. So what is a good way to help you decide on your budget? Well, I truly believe that you get what you pay for, but that doesn't necessarily mean you should simply go for the most expensive solution. There are some fantastic low price software solutions out there these days. So as long as they meet your needs, that's always the most important thing. And to get it, you might need to be willing to spend a reasonable amount of money. Now, a good way to set your budget is to try and determine quickly and initially how much time the software is going to save you. Now, a great example of this is working out financial information. So let's use the example in this case of therapist commission. Now, let's say this was one of your top priorities on your list that you were looking at for the software to help you with, because right now it takes you 60 minutes a week, either all in one go or a few minutes per day to calculate your own and your therapist commission based on the treatments performed and the retail products sold and gift vouchers and anything else that you pay commission on. Now, if your software can produce you a report in seconds to do this, then that's 60 minutes that you've saved of your time per week. Now, from there, you could fit in another client or two and you could make an additional, say, £45 or $65 a week, which works out to just over £2,300 or around $3,500 per year. Now, that itself can pay for a heck of a lot of software. Now, for extra credit, factor in what the software can save you in time elsewhere, for example, in other reports, in appointment confirmations, in reminders, and especially online bookings. And you'll see why I always tell my clients that the right software should pay for itself several times over within the first year that you own it. So don't go for the cheapest one thinking that it's going to save you money. The right software will not just save you time, it will make you more money. So be willing to spend some money to save you even more. 
Now, speaking of budgets, let me tell you about our sponsor for this episode. This episode of the Beauty Business Podcast is being brought to you today by the Cabbage Card. Now, the Cabbage Card is linked to a line of credit, just like a loan, but easier to organize, of up to $250,000, giving you the flexibility to make purchases with cash, with checks, or wherever credit cards are accepted. Now, you can easily apply online and get a quick decision, no lengthy forms to fill in, then access the amount that you need for everything from supplies and stock to bills and even travel expenses. And don't worry, you're in safe hands too because Cabbage has already funded more than $4 billion. They're trusted by over 130,000 businesses and they are A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. So, to get the security of a line of credit with the convenience of a card, visit cabbage.com slash beautybusiness. And because they're such a good friend of ours, you will get a $100 gift card simply for qualifying. So why not do it now? But remember... To get the $100 gift card, you need to go to Cabbage with a K. So that's K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com forward slash beauty business. Now, credit lines and pricing are subject to periodic review and change. This is not a revolving account. Individual requests for capital are separate installment loans. All Cabbage business loans are issued by the Celtic Bank, which is a Utah chartered industrial bank and a member of the FDIC. Now, let's get back to today's episode. So now it's time to do some research. Now, this will be a lot less painful than you think. First of all, because of this thing called the Internet. And second, because you now have a clear list of your requirements, grouped logically and prioritized into must-haves and nice-to-haves. Both of these will save you a huge amount of time in this stage of the process. Now, one thing's for sure, there are a lot of spa, salon and clinic software systems out there. And to save you even more time, I've put together another free bonus for you. And now if you head over to the show notes page for this episode, I've created a link to a list of all the salon software companies I could find with the highlights of the salon systems themselves and also links to their main websites. Now, once again, the show notes page is at beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 34. Or you can just click on the link in the episode description on your phone, if you're listening on your phone, that is. Now, a quick word of warning to you. If you've never done anything like this before, it's very easy to be convinced by a snappy marketing video or a slick website or a single incredible sounding feature. But just hold on there. Remember, this is a big investment for you, not only financially, but also in your time as well. Now, it's important that you get this right first time and don't get distracted by shiny objects in the form of marketing videos. So I want you to check out at least seven systems or seven systems software providers. This can be as simple as having a good look around their websites. And I want you to pick at least five of these companies to contact directly to get more information. Remember to base your choices on your list of requirements and not just which one has the fanciest feature list or promotional video. Now. Either email or call these companies and ask them only about your must-have requirements. Leave out the nice-to-have requirements for now. You'll see why in a minute. Now, based on what you find out by email or during your phone conversation, I want you to come up with a short list of at least three software products. If all five that you contacted have your must-have requirements in place, then put them all on the short list. But I want to make sure that you've got at least three salon software suppliers to compare. So now you've got your shortlist, you need to contact each company either by email or by phone or through a contact form on their website. What you are asking for is a one-to-one software demo. 
Now, this can either be in person, which is the best option, but increasingly uncommon these days, or over the internet. This is the more common and the more practical option that you'll find when you're looking these days. Now, if they can't give you at least a 20 minute one to one demo, then scrap them from your list. They might have the best product in the world, but if they can't even spare a potential new client 20 minutes for a conversation and a demo, then what they're going to be like when you are a customer and you've got an urgent issue that you want to speak with them about. Now, when it comes to the time for your software demonstration, make sure that the representative who's showing you um, shows you the actual software and not just the screenshots of the pages. You want to see the software actually being used. That way, you know the representative knows the software and isn't just following a script, although this will become obvious in a second in my next step. Now, while you're in the demo, ask the representative of each software company about your must-have requirements. If they're really switched on, they should have these from your initial inquiry. Now, whilst you're going through your must-haves, throw in the nice to have questions as well and see if the software can cope with these too. Now, the most important thing to remember during the demonstration is to make sure that the representative shows you each feature that they claim the software can perform. Now, this is vital for two reasons. Firstly, it's very easy for a software salesperson or a representative to simply say, yes, the software can help you with that. That's not to say that they may outright lie to you simply to get the sale, but any requirement can be very easily misunderstood or misinterpreted. And the representative might rightly tell you that the software can do something, but this wasn't quite what you had in mind. I know this because I've had this happen to me many times over. Now, the second reason that you want to actually see the software performing your must-have requirements is because it can often be technically possible to do something within the software, this at times might be achieved in a complex or a long-winded or a confusing way, but having the representative show you the thing that you've asked about, that way you can determine if it meets your needs exactly and that you'd be really able to use it. Because after all, having software that can do the most amazing things is pointless if you can't actually use it because it's too complex or difficult to train yourself or your team on. Now, as you're running through the demonstration, have your checklist in front of you. This is perfectly acceptable, even if you're working face to face or over the web. It'll show that you are serious about buying the software. Now, as you are shown the various functions that you ask about, give each one a score between zero and five for each item on your list. Give an item zero if the software just isn't capable of that requirement at all and give it a five if it meets the needs exactly and you think it does so in a simple and easy to understand way. If it doesn't quite meet either of those criteria, give it a score somewhere in between wherever you feel is right. Now, make sure you fully verify any questions that you are not 100% sure about whilst in the demonstration. So as you go through, if the representative says anything you don't fully understand, ask them to verify clearly what they mean using plain language. Now, this is particularly important when asking about pricing, ongoing fees, contract lengths, support availability and response times. Anything that you are going to need to rely on or might affect you in the future. Now is not the time to worry about being too specific or even being afraid of not appearing to understand something. Oh, and be wary of someone using too much jargon as I often find this is a cover for them not quite understanding their own software. So now is the time to be incredibly detail orientated and ensure that you understand any and every commitment that you are making 
by signing up for the software. Now, if you get the feeling that the representative is trying to deliberately avoid or evade any questions that you ask them, then ask them if they need to check with a colleague if they're not sure. If they still evade, then you should maybe have reservations about working with this company. Now, any reputable software company working with salons and spas and any other beauty businesses should understand that they're not likely to be dealing with quote unquote technical people. So they should take the time to explain things clearly. Again, this goes back to getting help in the future. If they can't take the time to explain something to you now, will they take the time to explain a problem to you when you're using the software and you, for example, can't produce a vital report or log into your software or see your bookings for today? Now, don't forget to ask about their support or help desk function. If this is included in the price, and if not, how much extra it costs. Also, what hours are they open and is there a limit on the amount of times you can contact them in a month or in a quarter or in a year? Now, from my years of experience, the most common times that you're gonna need the assistance of a help desk is usually when you open up on a morning and you can't access the software or when you're trying to cash up, close down or go home at night and something's not working. Now, depending on your business hours, this could very easily be 8am or even earlier in the morning or 9pm or later at night. So ask the question, is the help desk open at these times? Now, following the call, you should have a score for each item on your list. Add yourself a note section to your shortlist so that you can add in any further detail that might help you make a decision in the case that two of your shortlist software systems end up with a similar score. Now, finally, you've got just one more step to take. Now, if you have a clear leader from the scores at this point, you can do this for just your front runner, but you can do this for all three or more if you want. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to test their help desk. Now, I've already said you're very likely to need to rely on assistance from the help desk as you get started with the software but also as you continue to use the software and you rely on it more and more as you grow. Now, trust me, when you reach the point of contacting the help desk, you need help right now, not tomorrow, not in 48 hours time when they'll get back to you on email. So it's worth checking out this final item. It's gonna take you less than 15 minutes and it could save you a huge amount of time and headaches further down the line. Now, I want you to make three phone calls. The first is at five minutes after the help desk stated opening times for a day. The second is at a random time in the day. Lunchtime is a good one to try here. And then the third call is 10 minutes before the help desk is due to close at night. Now, obviously, what you're doing here is you're checking out their opening hours and the speed of answering. Indeed, whether someone actually answers the phone at all at that time. Now, when someone answers, don't try to fake a problem to get them to answer it or get embarrassed and hang up. That isn't a nice thing to do. And they'll probably start asking you for account details anyway and stuff like that. So when they answer, just thank the person for answering. Explain that you're a prospective customer and that you were just checking out their support offering. Of course, if no one answers the phone, then you won't have to say anything. But this might just change your mind about becoming a customer. Now, hopefully the support desk test goes well and reinforces the score for your front running software. If not then you might want to test the help desk function for your second choice or try the support desk challenge for your number one choice on a different day just to give them the chance to redeem themselves. Now, I mean it, this may not seem like the most important thing right now, but when you need help and you know you can get it, you will thank me for this advice in the future. Now, based on this process, you should now have your number one choice. If you came out with two front runners and you can't quite make a decision, then now is the time to reach out to your network and ask specifically if anyone uses 
one of or both of your top choices and to give you their honest feedback. That should help you clarify your ultimate choice. Now all you need to do is go ahead, get it ordered, installed, take the time to learn your new system properly and it will start to pay you back right away, both in time and also in money. And that's it. I couldn't make it any more simple for you. That is the exact process that I would use if I were selecting software and it's the exact process that I go through when helping my clients to choose the right software for them. Following these guidelines should make the process of choosing the right salon software for you a smooth and relatively stress-free process. Don't forget, you can download a free copy of the checklist guide and the spreadsheet, plus find a link to all of the salon software companies I'm aware of by going to the show notes page at beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 34. Now, on this one, I want you to let me know your comments. I want your questions and I want your stories, good or bad, either in the comment section of the show notes pages or in my free private Facebook group called Beauty Business Hackers. Just search for Beauty Business Hackers on Facebook and you'll find the group. Then just click to join. Now, this is something, like I said, that's I, I kind of have shied away from a little bit on the podcast and on the website, but it is also a topic that's very close to my heart. So if you've got any questions or any struggles or any kind of feedback at all, I want to help you. So please do get in touch. So if you've had any salon horror stories that you want to let other salon owners know about, or you just want to give a shout out to your own salon software supplier, if you would recommend them and you think other beauty business owners would be wise to check them out, get involved and let us all know. Now, thank you so much for listening today. I know how busy you all are and how precious everyone's time is. My aim for each episode of this show is to give you back far more time with the advice and the topics that we discuss, but I really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show. Now, remember this week, there is even more reason than usual to head over to the show notes pages because there are some seriously good free goodies waiting for you there. The Which Software is Right for Me guide and checklist and the free internet speed checker and the instructions to go with it, plus all the links to the salon software systems I could find, which I will keep updated so no matter when you listen to this episode, it should be current and up to date. So use my advice to help you. Let me know how you get on or if you still have any questions. You can do that in the comments on the show notes page, like I said, or on Facebook by joining my thriving community of beauty business hackers. If you're not already a member or simply by sending me an email to adam at salonbusinesssecrets.com. That's all for me this week. I will see you, well, I'll speak to you anyway, uh, again next week when I'm joined by another very special guest. This time, we're going to be talking about a subject that I think everyone will be interested to hear about. We're going to be talking all about profits. So I hope to see you then. Bye for now.